This is WCBG, broadcasting from Wagner College in Staten Island, New York. WCBG, small college, big voice. This is Janine, and today's interview is with Alfred and Greason from The Second After. They're a band from North Carolina, and they have some pretty sick tracks, so be sure to check them out and stay tuned for this awesome interview. Hello. Hi, is this Alfred? Yeah, this is Alfred. Hi. The second after. And I've got Greason here with me too. Hello, I, I sing in the band. Thank you so much for talking with me. I greatly appreciate it. So can you tell me a little bit about you? Like our band or us personally? Both. Um, you start with the band. All right. Um, well, uh, myself, this is Greason. Um, I met Ryan, our drummer, like 2014 or something like that. Um, yeah, I met him. We started playing in a metal band together. And then uh, I had known Nolan, our bass player, like my whole life. So I got him to come play bass after some member changes. And then we kind of started playing pop punk after like a year or two and decided to just switch it all around. So then we got Alfred to come in um, after a member change. And that was like 2016, right? Yeah, or actually it was like 2015. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but then we... Then, same, we got basically the perfect lineup from there. Yeah. And then we started writing more music, and then we released uh, – we had already released that first EP, Hit and Run. But then we released the second EP, and we started touring a ton. And then we've just been kind of on the road and writing music for years now. Yeah. And then, I mean, us personally, we're actually – we're in this, we're working on writing music right now. So Amazing. Which, yeah. that's And then aside from that, we really just work all the time. Yeah. That's really our personal – Because like <laughs> we have to – we say – like our band is like our number one thing in our lives so working a whole lot to have money to do that is kind of our life um do you mind if i ask what you do when like what your jobs are sure uh Greason, let's start with, what do you do um, all right. <laughs> well i um i went to school for audio engineering so i i record music um when i have clients i record it for them for money when I don't have that and I'm not on tour, I'm working as a server and a bartender at a restaurant in Chapel Hill. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm a, I'm a lab manager for this medical device company. He's a scientist. Yeah, I, I do science work. That's these studies cool. on EO gas, sterilizers for vets and hospitals, but that kind of stuff. And then on the side, I also work shows. I'm a promoter. I run shows at all over North Carolina. Bands like, you know knuckle puck and mm-hmm. neck deep and we've worked with all those kind of bands which have a knuckle puck show coming up and then we both obviously think of the band as a career that's awesome i love asking what other people do because sometimes i feel like uh your experiences definitely do carry over to your music and also like oh yeah yeah i mean i i feel like in both of our jobs having that you have to have a hard work ethic to be successful within your jobs and if you relay that over to your band i feel like you put in that same work yeah. into that and then hopefully good better like good things happen when you work hard mm-hmm. you know no i definitely understand and like i definitely appreciate that sometimes you also have to take a step back and focusing on things like as you said like you're an audio engineer and you work in science so it's completely different but at the same time not really it's a way to breathe so yeah exactly great. y'all are from north carolina right yeah we are 
Can you describe the local scene there for me? Well, there are a whole lot of bands, but pop punk, there there haven't been that many bands lately. And whenever we play local shows, we struggle to find pop punk bands are like us. Like there's a, another band from here that are amazing. They're called Summer Wars. And you might have heard of them. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if you know of them. They're pretty big. But other than that, there's just there aren't a whole lot of pop punk bands, right? I mean, yeah. they come and go. Like, yeah. It feels like there are them. Like there's some like in towns that are like an hour away from us or two hours away from us. Like come clean. Yeah, they're and, great like, too. And like, you know, there's bands. Yeah, but, but um, when we do shows, we play with any genre bands. When yeah. it comes to, if we're thinking of the scene in terms of how many musicians and bands there are in all genres, it's great. It's thriving. Front sides from Raleigh. Yeah, there, there's a scene here. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, I maybe I just don't know other areas, but I feel yeah. like it's not super thriving. It's not like thriving, thriving like it was like early 2000s thriving. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't know other places, so I don't know what thriving. I'm just like, <laughs> for some reason in my head, I just think that everybody wants to like stay home and watch Netflix rather than go to like a show. But then we throw like a hometown show, and there's like there's a lot of people, people there, yeah. and it's dope. So like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just emo about it. So in my head, I'm just like, there's no. Yeah, I might just be overthinking it at the same yeah. time. And we have we have good turnouts at our local shows, like when it's just us and local bands. So. In that terms, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel like it kind of depends on which band you ask. Because yeah. certain bands will say, our scene here is No yeah. one comes out and shows. But yeah. like, then, we have a pretty yeah. different experience because yeah. we feel like people come out of shows and it's a great time. Yeah. Like, I'll even, I mean, I'll go to, I'll go to like a show. Like, I mean, you run shows. You yeah. Know I mean? So it's like, we'll go to like shows that we're not on or something. And sometimes it's dope and sometimes it's not. You know, it's just like. It's pretty hit or miss. Yeah. But there are good ones. So anyway, that's, that's my our perspective but on it. But then when a big band comes through, I mean, people turn out. So there is yeah. a scene. It's just like whether or not they're yeah. watching the new show on Netflix or not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I I mean, we, we have a whole lot of venues, which is nice. There are like a whole lot of like small room venues. There are a couple houses that people play. So yeah. in, that, in that sense, it's pretty good. We don't have just one. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I work at a venue called Local 506 in Chapel Hill. That's an amazing 200 cap venue that look like it's like built for local bands. Yeah. Like everyone cool. that works there are playing bands. Yeah. And from my perspective, I think this scene's amazing. There's so many local bands that play shows and bring people out. Yeah. But if you are a band that just plays shows and no one comes out to your show, I can see how you think it would suck. I think it just true. depends on your perspective. I mean, Raleigh is like an hour away. Not even, it's like 45 minutes away. Yeah. And I mean, they have like a few venues there. Like they have the Ritz, which is what, like a 1500 cap or 3, something? 3,000. 3,000? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I mean, and they bring, I mean, that's for like bigger bands though. Yeah. But then when they throw the big band shows, like there's 3,000 kids that are emo kids like us, so they got to be somewhere, right? They got to be doing something. Yeah. That's true. Too. Anyway, okay. anyway, that's our long, <laughs> our long talk about the scene. <laughs> I love it. Okay, this leads to my we'll next a, question. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite venue that you've ever played in? I think I'll be biased if I say the venue that I work at all the time, but I love playing local 506. It is fun. We play there. It's Small room. I love all the staff. Their green room is great because it has a shower and all that stuff. And they're just, su just super nice, accommodating, and they always make us sound really good. Yeah. Like, really, really good. Dude, but that house show we played, and, uh, see, I'm, I don't know. I love house shows. I'm, like, like, basement kind of shows, you know? But we played this one show on the last tour, like, a few weeks ago with uh, Meet Me at the Altar in Tampa, but it was, like, right outside Tampa in Brandon, Florida. 
Yeah, it was like the Sunday school classroom of that church. Yeah. That was dope. It's a really, <laughs> imagine the tiny classroom that elementary schoolers would be in or something, yeah. and then all the desks are out, and then it's just one corner of the room is where people set up on stage. And that, we, it was just wild the entire time. Yeah. The floor. The floor. And then, like, pack, like, 40, 50 kids in there with the equipment. It's just, like, hot and, like, dope. Yeah. It was cool. And it sounded decent. Like, it wasn't the, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, that show was super fun. It was cool. <laughs> it was sweet. I, mean, people get, I like it when people get rowdy. So, I think our answer is house shows and local 506. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, my next question for you is, what is your favorite state that you've been to? Dude, this is going to be the most biased ever. Like, I'm real sorry. I think we've hit every state at least once or twice. Yeah. Pretty much, except for, like, North Dakota. And, like, I mean, we've driven yeah. through there, I'm sure. But, yeah. like, like we play, like, them all. Dude, North Carolina's the best, man. Yeah, no, whenever we go on tour, I really think that, man. North Carolina's sweet. I just love North Carolina. <laughs> Jersey's cool. I like Jersey a lot. It's I just, mean, like, it's it's warm. It's, there's yeah. woods everywhere. It's, it's awesome. Dude, I'm not going to lie, though. Like, southern Texas like san antonio and like south of that like all those like small like border towns will play yeah. those shows are the best i was thinking of saying those things. shows are sick and they're usually house shows and the, but like we played that one house show in like san juan or something yeah and there was like a hundred i don't know maybe not a hundred there was like a ton of people at this one little house show and the cops came and find that yeah that was dope so probably what north carolina yeah, yeah. and we'll, texas we'll probably. Yeah. North carolina. yeah okay so, what is your favorite and least favorite part of touring? Well, my favorite part is playing shows yeah. and playing music and hanging with my best friends. <laughs> hanging out with my homies. Yeah, that's yeah, probably the best part. Yeah. Um, the least best part. The least best part for me only happened to me once. You know, I can't say it's only happened to me once. It's happened to me a bunch of times. But, like, so we all, like, we have bunks built into our van. And, like, we sleep in our van. We sleep, we go to Planet Fitness and, like, crash, you know, mm-hmm. hang out. Occasionally... When the weather is extremely hot or extremely cold, it's awful. Because we don't run our van. At night, I was thinking so that like, is my answer too. You'll wake up <laughs> at like five in the morning, just like about to die, like f- frozen, and you're like, "Oh, I need to like fix this." I remember on a tour in November, <laughs> we there was one night we were sleeping in the van, and I forgot where we were, but it was very cold. And I was like, "Okay, just gonna get my sleeping bag, wear all my clothes, I'll be fine." Yeah. And I wake up after like two hours, so cold that it keeps waking me up. Yeah. Yeah, I like, can't stop shivering. So after that, the next morning, I was like, guys, we're stopping at a Walmart. I'm getting a Sub-Zero sleeping bag. I'm not letting that happen again. <laughs> no, dude. Like, we stayed in uh, – we played – it was, like, one of our tours that we hit Florida. We were in Tampa. I think it was, like, last summer. And it was literally, like, 180 degrees outside at nighttime. Like, it was bad. And it was – I remember waking up at, like, 5 in the morning. It was just, like, in a pool of sweat. Just, like, hating my <laughs> life. Like, God, this sucks. So probably sleeping in the van when the weather is awful. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. seems like the worst part about touring. Or 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 shady people. It's <laughs> just like people not doing things. People give me hella anxiety when they're yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. Just that <laughs> like toxic people. Like, I feel like we also can deal with that with that back home. Yeah, no. I mean everybody deals with that yeah. where you are. But like when you're like on the other side of the country and you're relying on someone and then you meet them and like everything's going wrong and then they're toxic. Oh like shady bad. promoters. Like shady promoters, yeah. Yeah, promoters that like at the end of the show they just leave and then you're like i guess we're not getting paid tonight yeah i'm like all right <laughs> like yeah that's pretty awful too. i'm only from three thousand miles away to talk here it's fine yeah <laughs> people that do that people yeah. that take that just leave and don't pay a band that's like yeah so many states away from home yeah. oh well that's horrible i know i've heard from some other bands like horrible tour stories 
And yeah, yeah, and especially uh, with this streaming age and how sometimes the pay isn't that great, which sucks. It's kind of yeah. disheartening, but love to hear about tour and fun experiences. Mm. Yeah, we have a bunch of a whole lot of good ones, and then we have a couple bad ones. But I feel like we look back on the bad ones and find them funny now. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like at the time they'll suck, and then like the next tour we'll be thinking back and we'll be like, you know what? Like that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy playing to that 200 cap room packed out and not getting paid. <laughs> it was fun. But, I mean, you still make fans and you still get to meet people and have fun and play shows. So, it's like, you know, it's worth it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what are you currently listening to? Um, let me pull up my Dude, Spotify. I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to only ESPN Radio. What? Oh, I've been binge listening to All Time Lowe's new song. Okay, I some haven't kind of listened disaster. to it yet. I'm... It's, it's really, really good. They're bringing back some good vibes. Yeah, I've just been listening to Counterpart's new album. And then, oh, I've been listening to this uh, band from Arkansas called Go For Gold lately. Oh, yeah. Go For Gold. They're friends with Past Comfort. They're, yeah, they're yeah. The they're, they're, they're like, they're not really big, but I love their uh, their CD Daydreamer. It's really good. I'll have to check so, it out. It's pretty, if you like like emo kind of stuff and like screamy kind of pop punk, okay, they're they're down that road. Okay, currently I've been like stuck listening to uh, Fandom by Waterparks. It's been like on repeat and. Uh, oh yeah, I love that album. I binged that a couple months ago. And I'm prepping myself for uh, the medicine tour. We're sleeping with sirens, so like listening to a lot of sleeping with sirens and. Who's on that tour with sleeping with sirens? Point North. Point North is on that. Point I love North? that band. Have Belmont. you checked out Point North? I love Point North. Okay, good. They're amazing. I love that band. Um, Belmont. and Oh, uh, Belmont's sick as too. And then Set It Off, which is actually my artist of the decade, so I was pretty hyped. Really? Yeah. yeah Set, it, Set It Off is, uh, I, I like love all their albums. Did They're really good. Them? We played with them uh, a while back, actually. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, March of last year. We played a sold-out show in South Carolina with them. Oh, so sweet. That was oh, such awesome. a fun show. It was them... Super whatever, mm-hmm. and was there another? No, actually, it was them, super whatever, and then those emo rap guys, and then us. Oh, that band that broke up, or whatever. Didn't uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Oh. I don't even remember their name. Oh, I listened, dude. I forgot. I've been listening to the Ghost Inside. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just going to the gym and listening to the Ghost Inside, and never been more excited in my life to lift weights. Yeah. Or to run because I don't live weights. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> since you said water parks, we played with water parks a couple years ago. Oh, really? We were opening for them in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We were too close to touch. It was yeah, it was them too close to touch, and it was like after they had dropped their first full length album, Double Dare, Double Dare mm-hmm. which was super dope. We it, it the show sold out, and it was our first like really big show like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was fun. They were really cool guys. That's awesome. Um, I love how you guys are able to branch out and work with all these different artists. And I love asking the question of what are you guys listening to? Because it gives me more material to actually listen to instead of sometimes going through like the algorithmic Spotify daily mix playlist. And seeing what's yes. There. Speaking well, of, those, those playlists are, that's how I uh, checked out Go For Gold that I was telling you about was because of that. I li- one song came up and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> we stay with this band. Whenever we're we're going through Arkansas, we tend to like every time we're on tour and we go through Arkansas. For some reason, the tour ends up being like, oh, we have two days off, like right after, right after like the Little Rock date in Arkansas. So we have met these dudes in this band called Past Comfort like 
few years ago and they're just like the homies so we stay with them for like days at a time yeah they have some really good songs you can check yeah. out too on spotify awesome. great and um but yeah they're friends with go for gold so i remember they were telling me about them like, yeah last time we were there earlier last year anyway yeah <laughs> oh i've been listening to four years strong a lot okay yeah they have a new album coming out yeah two new songs here yeah and they're like really different from each other it's really cool those are the dudes we played with them too a couple years ago yeah and Grayscale was on that show. Four Years Strong, Grayscale, Seaway was on that. Life Lessons was on that. And Light Pacific was the other band. Yep. That's that was it. a stacked show. Yeah. We played a couple pretty good bangers like that. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, this leads to my next question. What is your opinion of streaming services like Spotify? Good, bad, maybe not, maybe not sure. Well, I mean, I think it's great in the sense of being able to get your music out to people because so many more people can jam your stuff. I use Spotify, I pay for premium. I just, I help just, I get to discover new artists all the time, like more than I ever have before. So I think it's really, really great in that sense. The way pay, uh, how you get paid does suck <laughs> a lot, but I think the payoff is at, at the very least like reasonable, you know? Like, true, our music gets out to a whole lot of new people, but we don't get paid nearly as much as you yeah. would. And I think that that's kind of a fair trade-off, but getting paid more for stuff would be cool. You know what I mean? No, I definitely understand. Yeah, I mean, I way prefer our music getting out to a whole bunch of new people and not getting paid as much, as opposed to getting paid more and our music not getting out to people. Yeah, That's so. a good way to think of it. Um, I haven't heard anyone say it like that before, so I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just how I think about it. Do you do you think about it similarly, Grayson? Yeah, I mean, I just wish that like I don't know, man. Like, I like it, but at the same time, it I, like I don't know. It's like a two-sided coin. So like on one side of the coin, Instagram for for example, right? Like you know how they took away so you can't see how many likes you have and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's like this for everyone. I don't know if it's just me, but like I feel like I get less likes now because nobody cares anymore or something like that. Yeah. So I feel like when you can see the numbers for everyone's plays, it's almost like people view it as like a, a sport or something, you know, where it's like who has the highest plays, who's doing this and that. When really it should be just about like listening to bands you like and then going out to the shows and then picking up a CD or something like that. I don't know. I don't mind it. It's fine. It's cool. At the same time, a lot of uh, it's, right. it's, a, it's a cool tool for agents and people that are trying to find bands to yeah. open on tours because when you send it, someone says, you should get this band open for you. They can go to Spotify and see how many people jam them and see if it would be worth it to throw them on. It's like an instant tool, you know? So, I don't know. There's a bunch of good and bad aspects to it. I am happy that it exists. I think it's good. I mean, I use it every single day of my life. Yeah, so I can't like, be a hypocrite and be like, I hate Spotify. Because I love Spotify. It's the best. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. It's like everything in life. There are good, there are good reasons and bad things about everything. <laughs> you can think about it like that. Yeah, we normally ask this question because I know, like, it's great for exposure. Like, I've got to talk to people who live in Australia just because of yeah. Spotify and found bands that I absolutely love listening to. So it's great in that regard, but I do wish, like, there was more benefits pay-wise because I know, like, you guys grind really hard and you should be, you know, getting yeah. what you deserve from that. Yeah. I, I agree. It's one of those things where you just there are a bunch of different ways to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My next question for you is what is the weirdest question you've ever been asked in an interview? Hmm. 
I have to think about this. Wasn't there some weird question? Remember when we got the interview for the first thing with Riptide? It was an uh, email interview, right? The email interview, and it was like 30 questions long, and me and Alfred were like sitting. I remember I was sitting on my phone. And there was like three of them that were really, really strange. Yeah, it was three that we were just like, what? Like, Let me try to think of one of them. I don't know how to answer this question. I remember getting mad at one of the questions. I was like, who wrote this? Like, <laughs> what is this? Got our... Can, can you remember it? No. Uh, I could, like, dig through the emails while too lazy. And yeah. It's um, on the tip of my tongue what they asked. It was, some, it was something so weird, like. I think it was something like, name some artist that you don't like. Yeah. And I was yes. like, I don't I don't want to say I don't like anybody. I mean, yeah. I like, I respect every band that's out there working hard and grinding. It was like, name someone you toured with that you didn't like or something yeah, like some, that. Something, something like, like that. really not cool. And I was like, no. I'm not a fan of, like, like negative questions yeah, like that, you know? that question, that's stupid. Like, yeah. Okay, so. I like everyone. Uh, yeah, we try to be nice and happy and positive to everyone. So we're not really the kind of band that likes to throw shade at people. Good answer. So I have a question that might be the weirdest question you've ever been asked. All right, <laughs> hit us with it. Okay. Uh, what is your opinion of releasing an artist's unreleased music after they've passed away? Should it be released or should it not? Like the Mac Miller thing that's happening right now? Mac Miller, Little Peep, yeah. Whitney Houston, all the above. Yeah. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I don't so. know, man. I think if somebody's if somebody's profiting off of that, then and it's not like a family member, you know, then that's not cool, you know. But if the artist wanted the stuff out, then give it out for free. At that point, but I feel like if somebody's making money and profiting off of somebody else's art that and they're passed away, and it's someone not related to them, it's somebody that like like say like like an artist wrote an album, they were going to release it, but they didn't get the chance to, they passed away. And then it gets released afterwards, but all the money that gets made from it goes to, like, their kid or, like, their significant other or whatever. That's cool. I'm cool with that. But Especially if they signed a contract saying that it can be released via this place. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody's just like, yo, we need to release the rest of their music so I can make all this money, like, that's not cool. But humans are greedy, so, you know. It is what it is. But that's my opinion of it. I just don't like when people make money off of other people's, uh, you know, um, misfortune. Yeah, we asked this question because we want to try to start a conversation about this since we feel like it's super important in today's day and age, especially yeah. with these streaming services. And uh, we do understand that, like, it could be in your contract, but sometimes we feel like people don't read their contracts fully or like understand that like when they're like oh like we own all the demos that you create they can use the demo and release the track yeah like i don't remember exactly what happened with tay tay my girl tay tay swift yes i don't remember what happened exactly but that wasn't cool either um yeah i think she signed um in her contract with who was the contract with whoever the contract was with (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, it's that also kind of like how um, Equal Vision is suing Water Parks for entertainment and Double Dare 2019. Oh, yeah. I was pissed when I saw Wait, that. What happened? They, I don't know exactly what happened, but what I'm understanding is they made them take down because they re-released Double Dare Entertainment in the giant, like, one song uh, that features all the songs in it. And yeah. it's amazing. It's like redoing all of them into one song. And it was sick. That's awesome. It's just like listening to an whole album in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And 
basically Equal Vision made, made them take it down because I think it was their music, technically. Oh, they don't own the rights to the masters. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but that's I just that's what I'm guessing happened. <sighs> that's so shady. I don't. Yeah, like it's it's the it's one yeah. of the negatives of the music industry is what you sign to, <laughs> yeah. and some people don't think of how things can play out in the future. Because you don't think of all the different options and things that can happen. I mean, also, when somebody's, like, waving your dream in front of your face. And yeah, like, exactly. Like, Here, come take your dream. And you're like, okay, I'll ignore all these little details. And yeah, just to make my, like, dream. my dream of playing yeah. music and being successful happen. And then 10 years later, they're like, oh, remember all those feelings you had 10 years ago and all those sweet songs you wrote because of those feelings and things you were going through? I'm making all the money off of that now, thanks. Like, yeah, it's such a hard thing, and I don't really know what the best way to improve it is because, yeah, in having a contract saying exactly what's going down, that makes sense. But when it's really long and convoluted, and people just want to be able to be a successful artist because they love it, they'll kind of do whatever if they just have to deal with two bad things in a contract. Yeah. So it's it's really weird. I don't. I don't not something i would have any power to work on so if you could change one thing about the music industry what would you change and why oh man i just have to pick one it could I, be more than one i wish there was i don't i wish there was a better way for hard-working bands to be recognized and get offered tours and like opening on for bands that are you know bigger like i just yeah. wish there was a way so it's not so us having to email a bajillion times and then not get a single decent tour despite and then all of a sudden then there will be bands that are way smaller in perspective that get the tours and i don't know it just hurts you know what i mean yeah. and i wish it was it, it doesn't feel fair and maybe it is fair from their perspective but it doesn't feel like it to us because yeah. we've been pushing hard for a while now that's something i wish that could be a little more fair about the industry because i know that if we end up going somewhere i want to be able to really give opportunities to hard-working bands like yeah like seeing their love and grind for what they do and then giving them an opportunity and maybe yeah. we just haven't been recognized yet you know even like friends of ours and stuff like there's a bunch of bands that are really good that don't seem to be able to break through that glass ceiling which i mean maybe there's just an over influx of bands maybe there's just an elite an elite mindset that you know agents have yeah maybe what they want reducing the monopoly yeah. a certain group of agents yeah. can have to run all of the giant bands and then just select um, which bands they want to break over that ceiling that would be yeah. cool to break that <laughs> if anything i mean even talking outside of like our genre and stuff like i feel like if they if the music industry cared more about the music and the art rather than the image and the, um, like how much money they're making off the way someone looks and their like personality and things like that. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of artists that are like really, really, really big feel like they have to wear like, like, I feel like all the dudes feel like they have to get super ripped and like girls feel like they have to like dress kind of like, you know, however they feel like they need to dress because somebody's telling them like, Oh, you'll make more money if you like, just this way or dudes you'll make more money if you like you know grow a beard like this or like something like that when really it's like why don't you just write some songs that mean something to you you know and then if it means something to somebody else they'll pay for it to come see you you know Facts. But, <laughs> that's so yeah. true yeah i don't know i just don't like the uh some business side of it but 
I also don't know enough. I'm not educated enough on it to understand it, so. So now I would love to talk more about your music. So what's your writing process like? Um, well, it's, it varies. Uh, I know we all write songs on our own. I know that sometimes two, three, four of us will get together. There's four of us in the band, so sometimes we'll all get together. Sometimes, like, Ryan, our drummer, has this electric drum kit, so sometimes I'll just take a bunch of my studio gear, and I'll go over to his place and set up there with his kit, and we'll sit there and jam. Um, right now, me and Alfred are sitting here in a room with all my gear out, and we're about to jam on some songs. Um, but closer we get to, like, a studio date, we'll, like, kind of get to all together and go through what we have to, you know, like, if we have, like, six or seven songs we've been writing and we're about to go record two of them, then we'll pick, like, our two favorite ones and then really hammer those ones down. Um, but it's funny because I know in all of our heads we all have, like, 10 or 12 songs we've been writing on our own kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, like... Any of us obviously have to get together with Greason because he's the one that ha is the producer like and can re record these ideas. And it'll either be just him or him and one person or him and the whole band. And we'll work on a bunch of ideas. And then when it comes to getting close to recording a set of songs, we try to have double the amount of material and then pick the greatest hits of those options and then get those really, really down, which is basically what you said. And that's, I feel like, dumbed down our writing process. And it's also not the exact same thing it's kind of different depending on the songs so it's kind of like a big cloud of possibilities but it's basically like that <laughs> that's pretty cool so what's your favorite lyric or riff that you've ever written oh you've written, man. you've written a bunch so <laughs> that would be hard for There's you to pick so many. i've only really really written like um, one song so god dude i don't know that's really hard i'll probably go back to like i don't know where do you get the most feelings from, lyrics, when you sing them? I don't know. Well, that's the thing is because live, we don't play a lot of uh, our old emo stuff, you know? Like, some of those songs have, like, some really hard-hitting lyrics. I feel like when this um, next song comes out, one of the lyrics in it is going to probably be your favorite. Because you were always yeah. talking about how the lyrics in this new song, out of all the new songs, hit you the hardest. I would say the, the chorus of the next thing that we're going to drop is very uh, close to home. So, probably that. Uh, but I can't say them, I feel like. I don't know. Can I? Listen closely as they whisper. Okay, I Sorry, I just said it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess I would have to like, talk about that song in order to say that. Dude, you can go ahead and say the lyrics from it. So that song is like about battling your inner demons and the things that you deal with. But not just me personally. Like It could be anyone. Just anything that they're, de they're dealing with, whether it be like anxiety, or which is like a very... like you know, broad topic, but also just like if somebody's dealing with something more specific, like um, like trauma from something that happened to them when they were a kid or like someone that deals with like body dysmorphia or something like that. So any kind of like demons inside your head. So the lyrics for the chorus are, um, are I guess I'll let my demons linger, listen closely as they whisper, slip and fall beneath the pressure that holds me down. So it's like, like you're kind of just like letting it happen, you know? but because you, you feel like you don't have a choice. So that whole song, like the whole next song is like super close to home um, because I kind of wrote it based off of some things I was feeling, but I didn't want to just write it from a selfish personal way. So I tried to write it in a way that anyone can relate with their own demons and their own trauma that they go through. So I love that song. I think that song is good. <laughs> Impactful. But, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly.
That's great. So my next question is, um, describe your sound for me in three words. Mm, our sound? Yeah. Yeah. You can both use three words if you want, or you can collaboratively use three words. We're starting to write about emo stuff, so I can't really say positive. Uh, I mean, we're still positive. Yeah, yeah, it's just in a kind of Uh, a more emo-relatable way. I would say, like, a positive way of looking out on top of it. I would say, uh, in your face. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, um, hmm. Fun. I think it's fun still. Yeah. Um, Um, let's see. Uh, fun, we'll impactful, energetic. Yes, that's that's good. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah, fun, impactful, energetic. That's good. Fun, impactful, energetic. I like that. Caterpillar. Y'all released a song on January 10th, and it was Thinking Clear. Tell me about the song. Oh, that's a nice little pop. Yeah, uh, me and Greason started out that song together, actually. Yeah, we did. That was a song, um, it was kind of fun to write the lyrics to because uh, we wanted it to be kind of like a... Um, like a tragedy love story kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, I was actually like, I mean, still in, but at the time, like, I was like in a new, like, fresh, fun relationship, you know? So I had to, like, write it from a perspective of, like, something I wasn't actually going through. So I tried to write it from, like, experiences that I've been through and imagining if, like, the person I was with at this was happening. So it was, like, fun to write, you know, um, the lyrics too, because it was, it was almost like a, like a fictional story. Um, but at the same time, based off of, like, real-life events. But it's cool. I don't know. I like it. I think it's fun. It's got a bunch of, like, like soft parts in it, which is fun. And then it's got, like, that back-and-forth vocal part. But, um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I think at the time, when it came to, like, the guitar parts that we were writing, at least I was super influenced by With Confidence at the time. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. God, dude, we wrote that song a while ago. Now. Yeah, I was super into With Confidence, With Confidence's last album. So it kind of just kind of... That was the inspiration of, <laughs> of the vibes from I it. I could see that now, too, for sure. I did Damn. love the, like, the kind of call-response vocals, but I do have uh, to ask, was there, like, a key change in the middle of the song? Because I thought that was pretty sick. Yeah, at the end. At yeah. the end, yeah, at the end? end? Yeah. Okay, it was, that was pretty cool. The like, last chorus, yeah. We did that so that when we, when we play it live, I can get scared every time we play the song. It was a, a last-minute decision yeah. in the studio to do that. In the studio with Seth, and he was like, what no because didn't we like, we originally have... had written the song in that key yeah. the high the, the higher high key, key at the end yeah. and then we brought it down before going to the studio yeah but the demo was still in the high key that we showed yeah, him the demo and the... so he was like let's go to that key at the end of the song <laughs> literally we were like writing the song and he was like oh so what's what's at the end of the song and like we switched back over to the demo and like listened to it yeah he was like this is off and he was like wait this is in the key higher but it was like right where the key changes in the song is when he switched it and he was like yo what if we like did that and we were like, yo, that would actually be kind of tight. So we kind of thought about it. Yeah, that was funny how that key change happened. Dude, that I'm so glad we did it. It sounds, yeah. it was, it's like one of my favorite parts in that song. I was like really sick in the studio. He was like, yeah, dude, just go sing it in a whole key higher. Or like a whole step up higher. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro, no problem. I'll just, I'll, yeah, it's easy. Sure. <laughs> it turned out good, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I haven't heard a lot of that in recent music. I kind of feel like sometimes attract not stagnant that's not the right word but in the same like if i'm listening to pop music it's all in the same key and it's not exciting anymore 
Yeah. So I, it was kind of refreshing to hear that. Yeah. It's cool. It kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But it builds in a way that I feel like a song builds towards that really well. Because we never do that. So yeah. it seems like, one, it came out of nowhere, but it builds up towards that and resolves perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I kind of feel like if you have a decent understanding of like music theory, you can kind of hear it happening. Like it feels like it's this natural progression. But yeah. at the same like, time, it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Greason's vocals on the last chord before it actually does a key change, that whoa that he sings down the bass note that he lands on is the base of the new key and that's how it feels like it translates so perfectly yeah. that's pretty cool um yeah. yeah i love things like that music theory hashtag music theory music theory ruined my life dude i feel like i was so creative and then i learned music theory and now everything's like i'm just like oh so there is like a there's like an equation behind all this i like it because it's like <laughs> the science version of music yeah <laughs> no it kind of definitely is i remember like in high school learning all like the blues chords and stuff and yeah, stuff. yeah. i don't know it it is it's so one of those things where if you aren't sure what to do and you want to accomplish something you can pull that out some knowledge about it and then see what your what you want to what you can do with the goals that you want that's why i think music theory is great i, I played in a marching band and band in high school too who would you play i played I was primarily a bass clarinet player in the concert band. I played mellophone and alto saxophone in marching band. I switched a lot. Sick. I only played trumpet in, like, concert. I played trumpet one semester. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I took a class in high school where we spent the the year learning how to play, like, basic scales on, like, every instrument. So that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Also, next question. How did you guys pick the instruments that you play? Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing guitar. I don't know. It just happened. I mean, I, I, I grew up playing drums, and I just felt like I wanted to be able to interact with the crowd and have a personality and have fun on stage. So I learned guitar so that I could do that. Yeah. The same thing with singing. I, I did that because I wanted to be able to interact. <laughs> I grew up with my brother and my dad both playing guitar, so I just kind of started playing when I was really young. Yeah. So, even though I don't play guitar in the band live. So, <laughs> now that I think about it. But yeah, just don't do it. So what message do you hope people get out of your music? That's like, uh, that's a hard question because a lot of like the songs are different. Like the messages we're seeing in the songs. I mean, they're all positive based. Some of them are like, like the song that's going to come out soon or the song that's going to be coming out daily ritual. That song's like kind of, kind of emotional, but a lot of our songs are super like uplifting, you know? Um, so I feel like there's always like an uplifting kind of note behind all the songs. So yeah, I would say uplifting. Yeah, even when negative things happen, you can come out on top yeah. of them. That's probably one of the main. Glass half full. Yeah, you you can always look Dude, at life glass half full. That should have been the three words that we said. Glass half full. Oh yeah, we take back our previous answer. Glass half full describes our music. Amazing. My last question for you is, what can we expect from the second after in 2020? Shows. New, new, well. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're dropping it's an EP. Yeah. And we might be dropping more songs later this year at the very end of it. Um, we're going to be touring as much as we can. Yeah. Like trying to get on any tour, playing shows with bigger bands. And even if we don't open for other bands, we'll be doing our own headliner type tours 
But that's really our goal is just to tour as much as we can, play where people want to see us, get our music out there, drop more songs. Right? Yeah. I mean, like it's Bucket over here got passport, we'll travel over some country borders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like a, a generic answer, but it's exactly what we're doing. Yes, it is exactly what we're doing. So That's a good answer. So I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. I really appreciate it, and I had a great time. Pretty interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad. Thank you. We enjoyed it, too.